Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. Welcome to Heritage Bible Radio, where this week we return to our current study through the book of Mark. Due to COVID-19, we've been playing past episodes for you for a few weeks, but today we jump right back into Mark chapter 7 at verse 31. If you wanted to gather a crowd and assure that people would hear what you had to say, here's an idea you can borrow from Jesus. Perform some genuine miracles, like healing instantly, maladies that modern medicine can't touch. And if you really want people to hang around for a while, try producing thousands of meals out of nothing. Well, admittedly, as effective as they are, you probably can't borrow those ideas from Jesus. Well, here, again, Jesus performs more miracles as he preaches the gospel of the kingdom of God. Here is today's slice of the message entitled, Miracle Hearing, Speaking, and Eating. So the allegation is that this can't be true because there are two very similar accounts that disagree. So how do you answer that? Well, actually, the distinctions between the two accounts underscore the veracity of both of them. The details that are provided help to distinguish them because they are the kind of details that only eyewitnesses would provide. Now, in Mark's case, he wrote it. Peter was apparently uh, the eyewitness, but it was a very close connection between those two. But if you look at this, they clearly are two different uh, events. They happened in different locations. Jesus fed the 5,000 plus women and children near Bethsaida on the northeast corner of the northeast of the Sea of Galilee. He fed the 4,000 plus women and children far down to the south and the east in somewhere in the region of Decapolis. There were completely different people involved. One was a Jewish audience, the other was Gentiles. There were different numbers of people there 5,000 men, 4,000 men plus women and children. In both cases, there were different times leading up to the need for the meal. For the meal in the, the feeding of the 5,000, it was one day. They'd been there all day long and toward evening. Well, we don't have time to get, them, to get them home and there's not enough food here. And even if they went to the villages, they couldn't get back in time to, 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 to be in on the teaching. The second one was three whole days. So one day versus three days. There was a different number of loaves, five in one case seven in the other. Next time we come back to Mark, we get into the next paragraph, we're going to see that Jesus, in speaking to the disciples, will refer to the two events separately. So he knew they were two different events. I think he could, events, I think he could remember them pretty well. We have Matthew and Mark both recording them separately. We have different kinds of baskets used for the leftovers, and there's specific words. When they picked up the leftovers after the, um, 
feeding of the 5,000 plus women and children, it says that they got little baskets. They, the, the, the word describes like a, like a picnic basket. And there were 12 of them, apparently one for each disciple to take. And then they all had to share with Jesus. I'm not sure how that quite worked. But in, in Mark, it's a different word that means bigger baskets, much bigger baskets. And they got seven of them. So even distinctions in the words. And we know that they happened at different times of the year from one little detail that only an eyewitness account would have. When he fed the group the first time, he said to his disciples, divide them up into groups, remember fifties and hundreds, and tell them to sit on the grass. I don't know if you caught it when we were in Mark 8 just a minute ago. He told them to sit on the ground. Now, we live in a, an arid climate, right? Except for where we have our irrigation and we, you know, we, we grow grass like, a, like Americans do. You, you get out of town or you look at the foothills and they're usually brown. As soon as the snow's gone, all you'll see is, is brown, right? And <coughs> then spring will come. Snow will melt. We'll, 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 have, uh, uh, we'll have a little bit of rain and everything gets green and there's grass for two days, a week, maybe a month if it's a nice wet spring, and then we're back to brown. There's only a little window of the year in a climate like that that you could be in a, an out-in-the-country kind of place and tell people to sit on the grass. The rest of the year it's going to be sit on the ground because there won't be any grass for you to sit on. It's very obviously two distinct uh, things. And so, again, just a way to answer an attack. Back to our theme for today, and we'll be done. But let's ask an important question. What's so special about this? We've now had three events. The Syrophoenician woman's daughter in Tyre, the... um, the, the uh, deaf and mute man in Decapolis and feeding the huge crowd in Decapolis. Well, why is this so special? Well, where was Jesus? He was in the region of Decapolis. That's Gentile territory. Who were these people that he was talking to? They were Gentiles. And the spectacular result is they glorified the God of Israel. These events are a preview of coming attractions. The gospel is going to go to all the people. Now just think about it. After all that the disciples had heard from the Pharisees in their rejection of Jesus' teachings and all the parables that Jesus had given them about how the kingdom was going to be in the era between Christ and, uh, and His second coming uh, and, and all about Gentile salvation, their minds must have been convulsing with the implications of what Jesus was doing. Why would He do essentially the same miracle twice? Well, big secret, I have preached the same sermon more than once. All you have to do is change audiences. 
And you even do it better the second time. So it, it's not that there's anything wrong with doing the same thing, but what do we learn from him feeding 4,000 plus that we didn't learn from him feeding 5,000 plus? Well, technically, nothing from the feeding, but this one was for Gentiles. By putting the two side by side, we realize God is not a respecter of persons. He shows no favoritism. Anyone and everyone can come to Him and receive mercy through the once-for-all sacrifice of Jesus Christ. You are sitting in a room full of people who are trusting in Christ for eternal life, not one of whom I know to be from a Jewish background. We are walking evidence that the gospel has gone to the Gentiles primarily in this time between the resurrection of Jesus and the rapture of the church. Now, it doesn't mean that God has given up on Israel. To the Jew first and also to the Greek or also to the Gentiles. God has a lot of unfinished business to do with Israel and He will finish it as we've been studying in the book of Revelation. But understand, this is here to show you the gospel is for everyone. So the only remaining question is about you, individually. If you personally have settled your trust in what Christ did for you to secure your redemption, the forgiveness of your sins, your eternal life, your part in the fellowship of the Spirit in the bond of peace, your role in the body of Christ, and your inheritance, which is imperishable and undefiled and will not fade away because it is reserved for you in heaven while you are protected here by the power of God. So the question is, are you in? Are you in? Have you passed through what's described in Romans chapter 10, verses 9 and 10? If you confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord... In other words, anybody listens to what you say in the course of your life and they're going to say, that person really knows this guy Jesus and wants to follow Him. If you confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart a person believes, resulting in righteousness. With the mouth he confesses, resulting in Salvation. Are you in? Got great evidence here. Miracle healing, miracle speaking, miracle eating. Let's pray. Father, how we thank you for what you have intended to follow beyond those miracles, and that is the miracle of salvation. Oh, I thank you for washing away my sins, working within me to make me over into what you created me to be. And oh, how we yearn for the day that we will see that kingdom here on earth. In the meantime, Father, we know you've left us here to to spread this glorious word to Jew and Gentile, man and woman, bond and free, any culture, any any standing in, in the world, one message, one Savior. So please sweep away anything in our lives that would hinder us from clearly spreading that message 
for we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.